What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek, and welcome to Pretty Dece, your weekly show about movies, comics, games, and all the pop culture in between. This is Pretty Dece Season 2, Episode 3, for the week of September 23rd, 2019. And of course, this is the great week after the Area 51 raid, and as expected, nothing much happened. But we did get a an absolutely wonderful, hilarious uh, gif on the internet of a news, news broadcaster out in front of Area 51 uh, reporting on this clearly completely confusing concept to him that a bunch of people randomly showed up to Area 51 for a raid, and while that was happening, a guy ran behind him running like Naruto, the anime character. Yes, that is the most internet thing imaginable, and I love that it happened. If you don't know what Naruto is, that's perfectly fine. You're probably better off not knowing. Uh, but it's certainly like the most hilarious possible outcome for this entire Area 51 raid. You know, there are a lot of like really terrible things about the internet as a whole, but this is one of them that I actually like. That sometimes on the internet it feels like Everyone is sharing the same inside joke. And leading up to this Area 51 raid, that again, everyone knew was a joke. No one was expecting anything serious was going to happen. And I think that a lot of like the news and stuff was like hand-wringing over the fact that something something real might happen. Um, everyone knew that it was just fun. Everyone was in on the in on the joke. Um, leading up to this, there were so many like funny pictures and stories and jokes posted all over the internet. It was all super tongue-in-cheek. Everyone got in on the action. Uh, you know, actors and comedians and stuff were also involved. And it was just fun. It was a great little uh, thing that we could all laugh about as we built up towards this day. And then it culminated in this like silly gathering outside of the Area 51 gate and some pictures with some funny signs. And it was... It was a blast, and I like when the internet can lead to goofy, silly things like that. So, we've got some fun news stories for today, so let's go ahead and jump right in now. Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go. Facebook.com slash Pretty Show. It's time to geek out with Josh, your host. Our first bit of news today is that Apple Arcade has finally launched. Now, if you haven't heard, uh, Apple just put out iOS 13, and along with it, this new service they're calling Apple Arcade. They announced it a while back, finally got released. Basically, Apple Arcade is a subscription service for games on iOS. And, you know, at, at first blush, that might not seem super exciting, but honestly, I think that this is... Uh, this is pretty huge, and this is going to really, really change a lot of things, especially about mobile gaming. And the main thing, the thing, one of the th reasons why I think it's such a huge deal, is that this solves Apple's discovery issue on iOS that they have had for years and years and years that they've tried to solve in various ways. And I think this is the 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 cleanest, best way that they have tackled solving that problem, and I really, really like the outcome thus far. So what is Apple Arcade? It is 100 games, 100 plus games, that you can basically just download and play. So you can go into the Apple Arcade section, 
see all of the games that are that are counting as Apple Arcade, download any of them. You don't have to pay anything like that. And that game list will cycle kind of as they go. They'll add new games to it. And it's $4.99 per month. So you pay the monthly subscription rather than the per app fee that you normally would. And it solves the issue of, you know, when, when iOS first came out, the top charts list was a really great way to find the absolute best games on the platform. The games that people were talking about, the stuff that was unique, interesting experiences, uh, really, really fun games, stuff you hadn't seen anywhere else, stuff that was very inventive. Now, however, if you go look at the top charts, it's dominated by free-to-play games on the free side, stuff that just wants to to nickel and dime you and get every amount of, of dollars and cents out of your pocket that you possibly can. And on the paid side, it's full of kind of just nonsense, stuff that's kind of lowest common denominator, stuff that appeals to uh, people who maybe aren't necessarily the, the biggest gamers that you know wouldn't be interested in some of these kind of unique experiences that we're seeing in Apple Arcade. And generally just stuff that is similar to free-to-play games, but isn't, but is still kind of having that same effect of putting in a lot of money and having those microtransactions. So, so that top chart list has been mostly useless for several years now. Apple tried to solve that by kind of adding an editorial staff to the App Store. So when you first log on, they'll highlight some cool games and apps for you and they'll write articles about them. But Apple Arcade is really the, the perfect culmination of that. Now they can, they can very perfectly uh, cultivate this kind of curated experience for gaming. So you can just go go to the Apple Arcade tab, and they've they've eventually they they've they've basically created this kind of walled garden for gaming on their platform, where they can kind of have the, the these are the experiences you want to have. These are the ones that you can show people. These are the ones you can be excited about, and you know, downloading those games, you're not going to get stuff that is free to play, and riddled with microtransactions and riddled with ads like basically every other game on the platform. That's super, super cool. And it gives you a place again where you can go explore and discover new games on iOS like you used to be able to from the top charts. Now you can assume that pretty much everything in this list is going to be at least worth looking at. You might not like it, but it's at least going to be something that is mechanically unique or or story-wise it is unique it's, it's something that Apple had looked at and thought, this is good enough to be on our service. You know, previously to this, the only way to really keep up with like kind of the cool, new, interesting stuff that was coming out on iOS to play was to like follow along on like iOS app blogs and things like that. And, and no one has time to do that. So this is, this is cool. You're paying a monthly fee essentially to have like the coolest guy you know tell you what cool games to play on iOS. And I think that's a really smart move for them to solve some of the kind of growth issues they've had with that platform over the years. Now, I signed up for Apple Arcade as soon as I updated to iOS 13 and have started downloading games and kind of dabbling here and there very early in, so have not played a ton. But standout thus far is Grindstone for me. It's this kind of cute but gory puzzle game by Capybara Games. 
Capybara is the the developers behind the uh, absolutely wonderful Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP game. So they have a history of putting out games that are really unique, interesting experiences. And this is a puzzle game. You are a barbarian who's kind of slicing through enemy monsters. And the, the board state kind of looks like Bejeweled, for example. So it's got enemies on it in rows and, 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 uh, and columns that are different colors. And the goal of the game, like a lot of these puzzle games, is trying to match continual unbroken lines of like-colored um, monsters, in this case. However, when you make a line, the barbarian rushes through them, eviscerating all of the monsters that you have highlighted in this row in this really awesomely animated sequence. It looks fantastic. It sounds fantastic. It feels very, like, high budget. And because it's your barbarian running across the board, cutting these enemies up, the starting point for your line moves with the barbarian. So that adds a, a fun, interesting twist to the gameplay. And in addition to that, the enemies can attack you. So they're not just standing there waiting to get killed. Certain enemies will attack. So if you end your turn standing beside them, they'll attack you back and you only have a certain amount of health. So you kind of have the, the balancing act of wanting to continue playing, continue earning the, the, uh, the currency in the game. However, you have to make sure you're not going to take damage because you have to make it out of the level alive in order to keep all the stuff that you've earned. So there's a really fun risk-reward system there. And the game seems like it has depth that you maybe wouldn't initially expect. There's equipment to unlock that does uh, very interesting stuff thus far. And the actual boards that you play on seem like they're going to vary pretty wildly, both in shape and functionality. And and uh, I think that there's like bosses later on in the game and stuff like that. Some very cool stuff kind of, kind of coming up in the game. So really, really awesome. Grindstone alone is worth the $5 for me for the first month. And Apple Arcade actually does the first month free too. So uh, you're kind of getting two months for the price of one, even if you only stick around for a month. But thus far, I'm, I'm very, very pleased with it and really excited about the prospect of, of Apple Arcade and kind of the, the promise of it. And really, it's made me interested about gaming on iOS once again for the first time in a very long time. Moving on in gaming news, Nintendo launched their newest handheld this week, the Nintendo Switch Lite. This is, of course, the, uh, the, the smaller, cheaper version of the Switch. And its main um, downside, the main, main detracting point, is that it doesn't connect to your TV. So, despite being the name Switch, it doesn't actually Switch anymore. Uh, it's handheld only. So, you know, that right there is going to turn a lot of people off of the Switch, but we actually ended up buying one. It made a lot of sense for our family because we already own a big Switch. We own a Switch proper that hooks up to the TV, but we oftentimes are are wanting to play our own games or play games at the same time. Um, so the Switch was a nice kind of secondary Switch for us. So I ended up buying one of these as my wife's main Switch. And we've, we've been playing with it for the past couple days since the game came out, since the game console came out. And honestly, I'm really impressed with the Switch Lite. Um, even if it was your main Switch, I, I think it's I think it's worth considering getting this cheaper Switch at this point. It it absolutely it's smaller than the regular Switch, so it has a really really good kind of hand feel. It feels like it's made uh, to be kind of held in your hand as it is 
whereas the old Switch feels very large. It feels kind of like you're holding like a, an iPad mini between your hands instead of a handheld gaming console. And the screen on the Switch Lite is the same resolution as the old Switch, but since it's smaller, it actually feels kind of crisper than the big Switch. And, and looking at it, it feels like the things you're seeing are just a little bit sharper, maybe a little bit brighter. Um, it's an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous screen. And then, of course, the increased battery life is always a nice win um, that you're getting because the screen's smaller, so it's it's less to, to push. The, you know, it... If it was your only Switch, not hooking up, not being able to hook it up to the TV is going to be a huge deal breaker for some people. But if that's not you, if most of the ways in which you would play the Switch are handheld anyway, um, I think that the Switch Lite is a really wonderfully put together little device. Totally, totally worth a look. And especially if you are looking like us to buy a second Switch because you love the Switch that much, uh, I, I definitely, definitely recommend it for that. So, you know, reviews are coming out out there now for the Switch. People seem generally positive, and I can add into that list that, that we, thus far, really, really like our Switch Lite. If you've been around gaming long enough, you've probably heard the name Neo Geo. And if you're old school, you maybe even have played Neo Geo arcade hardware in an actual arcade. Now, SNK, the company that makes Neo Geo is putting out a product that, that is specifically tailored, I think, for people uh, of that ilk, people who have played Neo Geo games in an arcade, and also incredibly big fighting game fans. So the Neo Geo, both the arcade version and, of course, the home version, that's the AES and the MVS, respectively, were systems that were... Essentially, the, the home version was just an arcade console. It was a... It was an arcade system you had in your home, and and it, because of its power, it was definitely a system that became the home for really good fighting games, um, and it became kind of a fighting game haven. So it's home to some of the best fighting games that games have ever seen, and SNK is putting out a new arcade stick that is essentially celebrating that history of fighting games on the Neo Geo. This is basically, this fighting stick is basically one of those mini consoles like the SNES Classic or the Genesis Classic, but specifically for Neo Geo fighting games. It's a full-on fight stick that you can sit in your lap. It has the, the, the joystick. It has the nice buttons. However, built into it is a mini little console with 20 games. And these 20 games were just announced and they are all fighting games and some of the best fighting games that you can imagine on the Neo Geo. If you're not into fighting games, you maybe have never heard of these games. So the game list is as follows. We've got King of Fighters 95, 97, 98, 99, 2000, and 2002. Yes, that many King of Fighters on the system. Fatal Fury Special, Fatal Fury 3, Garou Mark of the Wolves, which is uh, one of the best fighting games of all time, and also for a long time was one of the most expensive games that you could buy uh, in actual physical hardware for a very long time as well. Samurai Showdown 2, 3, 4, and 5, The Art of Fighting, only the first one, World Heroes 2, World Heroes 2 Jet, World Heroes Perfect, Ninja Masters, The Last Blade 2, and Kazuna Encounter. 
Now, again, if you are not a fighting game fan, these are probably games that maybe you've never heard of or have no interest in playing whatsoever. But if you are, um, this is really a, a wonderful sampling of, of 20 of the absolute best fighting games out for one of the best fighting game systems that the world has ever produced. And it all comes packaged up in this really cool arcade stick. The arcade stick, of course, has HDMI out for playing these games on the TV, but it also just works as a controller for your PC. So if you just want to play other fighting games on your PC, you can hook this bad boy up to your computer and play it that way. And kind of even cooler, this arcade stick has controller ports. So if you have the Neo Geo Mini that they put out recently, that's about $90 and it's a uh, it's for playing other mini Neo Geos. It's the thing that's kind of more competing with the SNES Classic and the Genesis Classic. If you have the controllers from that console, you can plug them into this arcade stick to play on a gamepad instead of the arcade stick itself. It's a, a minor little feature, but a pretty cool little addition. Now, we, we don't know, of course, when this is coming out yet. They haven't announced any release dates, and we don't know how much that's going to be the big deal breaker uh, or deal maker, who knows? But it looks like they're, you know, really pushing people who are into fighting games, of course, and they're probably trying to win them over with very authentic arcade hardware in this arcade stick. So I would not be surprised if this wasn't a very, very expensive item. Nonetheless, I'm pretty interested in it. And for our last story of the day, an interesting one involving Steam and a court ruling that might change how Steam works for all of us. We'll have to see how this goes. But a French court has ruled uh, in favor of a French consumer organization that was suing Steam. And they were suing over multiple things, and they've, they've won them all. The big, huge thing that, that will affect Steam and potentially will affect all Steam users is that the French courts have ruled that users on Steam should be allowed to resell their games. So you buy a game on Steam, you decide that you're done with it, the French courts say that you should then be able to turn around and say, who wants to buy this game, put it up for sale, and I can buy it from you for whatever price that you and I negotiate, and then it's gone from your account and added to my account. So no longer buying those games directly from the developers and publishers, but adding kind of a user store where we can trade games on our own accounts. That's certainly a fundamental difference to how Steam works, and uh, clearly is something that Steam's probably going to fight pretty hard from having to do. Some of the other things that the French courts ruled in favor uh, for for this French, con French consumer organization and against Steam is that Steam must now reimburse users who request it. So if they're leaving the Steam ecosystem, their money will no longer be trapped within the Steam wallet. They'll be able to request the refund and get all their money back out. So thus far, with all of the kind of Steam marketplace stuff that exists and selling user-made items and those things, your money is stuck just in the Steam wallet. So you can use it to buy other games, but you can't get money back out. And... That seems like it opens things up to a lot of like weird, crazy money laundering issues even, but it certainly is an interesting concept that, you know, you're no longer trapped in their ecosystem. You can decide, you know what, I'm done with Steam. 
I've sold my games off because I'm, all, I'm allowed to do that now as well. And I want to get my money out and take my money elsewhere to maybe, you know, a different console. Maybe I want to go play on Xbox instead. Maybe I want to take it to a different launcher. Maybe I'm more into the Epic Store now. Who knows? Uh, it's, so it's very consumer friendly, but certainly, again, not something that Steam probably wants to have to do. The courts also ruled that Steam must accept responsibility when users say an item on Steam, quote, has caused them harm. So I'm not really sure exactly what that's going to entail, but you have to imagine that uh, Steam allowing things like mods and community-created content into games is something that maybe would be going away or would be, uh, or, or, or would be locked down pretty heavily in this new system. Obviously, if something can't be vetted completely, you can't check something fully, you can't be sure it's not going to cause harm. Uh, so that could be a very, very interesting one that straight up just removes giant features of Steam as they exist now. And finally, uh, Valve must, quote, clarify conditions on which users can lose access to Steam for poor behavior. So again, that, that's a very consumer-friendly thing. You can't be randomly banned from Steam based on kind of... Uh, loose, undefined regulations. So Steam needs to clarify those conditions that will lead to losing access to Steam via a permanent or temporary ban. So again, that's like that's a very consumer thing. You don't want to lose access to the goods that you have purchased. Now, if Valve doesn't comply with these changes, they're subject to some pretty hefty fines uh, per day that, that that they don't comply. But of course, Steam is going to be appealing this. So uh, as with anything, dealing with courts, it's open to appeals after after the initial ruling has come down. So fully expect this to be wrapped up in the appeals process for a very long time. Uh, don't expect any major changes for some time, I'm guessing, to Steam. But Steam has had to change for court rulings in the past that led to their current policy for... Uh, reimbursing if you decide that you no longer want a game after you purchase it and and play it briefly. So there is a precedent that's set for Steam having to make some of these sweeping changes because of court rulings. So one has to wonder what a Steam would look like if these changes were in place, if you were able to get reimbursed for your money, and most importantly, if you were able to resell your games. Uh, that is certainly something that, as a consumer, I really like the idea of, that I can uh, maybe go get a deal on a game if someone else is done with it. Because, of course, in a digital game, it's exactly the same. There's no wear and tear on the game. I don't have to worry about my disc being scratched. It's just still the full game. But as Steam, and, and even more importantly, as the publishers of games on Steam... That has to be a concept that they are terrified of uh, because it, it results in in hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of lost sales for these games that people are going and buying uh, directly from, an, from a separate consumer rather than from them. It's the same thing that, that publishers don't like about used game sales. They get cut out of the loop. And the whole reason they went to digital sales is to get away from that. And here we are staring down the face of it once again. Uh, life certainly finds a way. And that brings us to a close for Pretty Dece this week. 
Thank you once again for joining me here on the show. It has been a fun one this week, some interesting stuff going on, and I'm anxiously awaiting to find out uh, what happens with this this Steam ruling, with this court ruling. I'm, I'm really anxious to see if anything's going to change with Steam and uh, and how big of a change it is if things do change. Now, if you want to check out all the past episodes of Pretty Dece, you can head on over to prettydeeshow.com to find those things. And of course, you can check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash prettydeece. And you can find me on social media. I'd love to hear your thoughts on any of the stuff we talked about on today's episode. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pretty Dece Show. <laughs> 